The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Hey, hey, good morning. Here we go, Southwest Florida. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air for Sunday, December 6th. My name is Danny Clayton. Derek Felskier, Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Good morning. Good morning to you. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Danny. And uh, before we went on the air, Derek, uh, you and I were talking about this rally that we have seen in the Dow Jones. Again, closing over 30,000 on Friday on the Dow Jones. And the rally continued despite the fact that we had a jobs report that was mixed at best. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, the jobs report, we had 245,000 new jobs in November. The estimate was for 700,000. Uh, we did see the unemployment rate drop from 6.9 to 6.7, but that was because 400,000 people left the workforce. So generally speaking, the job recovery is starting to slow. Yet, I think what we're seeing, Dave, though, is, is simply what you would call a liquidity advance. You know, sentiment is positive towards uh, the economy in the latter half of 2021. There's ample liquidity around. We've talked often on this show about how much cash is on the sidelines, over $4.7 trillion in money funds, and a lot of that money is migrating from money funds into equities and from bonds into equities. And not only that, you talk about liquidity, we're, we're likely to see some more liquidity events in the form of a stimulus package that has been advancing. That's right. You know, there's been a lot of consternation about the unwillingness of Washington to come to an agreement when it's clear that there are many people in, in affected sectors of the economy that really need it. And this week, it seems like we're getting closer and closer to a compromise. I mean, of course, you know, Pelosi may not get everything she's been asking for, and McConnell may give up a little bit more than he wanted. But at the end of the day, we're going to get there because ultimately, if Biden is president in 2021, there's going to be another package and it's going to be substantially bigger. And by the way, this is what gridlock looks like when you have both sides trying to work together. And that's just the way deals are made. And that's the reason why so many eyes are on Georgia, because if the Republicans do not carry those two seats, or at least one of those two seats in Georgia, we won't have gridlock. And by the way, the odds in predicted continue to decline that the Republicans are going to win. You know, after the election, they had an 85 percent chance of winning those two seats. Now it's down to 60 plus percent. So uh, it's going to get tighter than what people think. Yeah. And I actually I saw some polls yesterday that actual polling, uh, both Democratic candidates are ahead of their Republican counterparts. Now, we all know the, the polls, polls were way off a few about a month ago. Uh, so and they four may, years ago. Yeah, so they may very well be off again. But generally speaking, this election is about what's going to happen with tax policy, what's going to happen with immigration, uh, what's going to happen with health care, what's right. going to happen in terms of the size of the fiscal stimulus. So a lot of things that will ultimately affect all of us in one form or another. And so what we needed to think about is where do we go from here? And right now there's the old axiom is that don't fight the Fed, but it's also don't fight the tape. And the tape and momentum is really in the favor of equities right now. Absolutely. Last month, the S&P was up almost 11 percent. 
3%. That's a good annual return, not a good monthly return. And that's been followed by subsequent strength this month. One of the things that's interesting about it, you know, we meet with a lot of clients and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, the market can't continue to go higher. But when you have an advance of over 7% in a month, history shows that 12 months later, stocks are higher, not lower. So if you're a long-term thinker, a long-term investor, you don't want to freak out and sell everything because you think we're due for a correction. You actually want to think more opportunistically about companies or sectors that you're, more, you're interested in getting involved in, perhaps at lower prices and keeping some dry powder. And that's exactly right. And that's what asset allocation is about. And I know people listening to this go, oh, maybe I, I'm finally getting it, that it's not all in or all out. It's not trying to time it, but be opportunistic. You know, we're likely going to get some type of correction uh, in 2021. I mean, that just seems odds are that we're going to see that. And when that happens, are you ready to take the, take advantage of those and what sectors the reopening trade, Derek, is still in play? Well, just in the last 10 days, as an example, energy stocks, the XLE, a large ETF, up 14 percent. Financials up six. This is with the S and P up a little over three percent. On the flip side, Treasuries down two and a half percent. There goes your coupon. Utilities down three percent. There goes your dividend. Gold down two percent. What about that? Meanwhile, Bitcoin continues to go up. And what I think we're seeing, as I alluded to earlier, is a shift from bonds towards things like Bitcoin and gold and stocks. And there's no reason why this can't continue for quite some time because if the economy gets stronger in 2021, which we certainly believe it will, duration risk is high in fixed income. And by the way, there was uh, an economist poll uh, of all the 50 biggest economists in the country, Wall Street uh, thinkers, and only a couple thought that we'd see a 10-year rate over 1.5%, but there was two or three or four who said we might get a two-handle on the 10-year Treasury, and when you're below one and goes goes to two, that's a significant erosion of your principal, and so people need to think about that as well. And by the way, if you have an asset allocation that you're not sure is right for 2021, there's something you can do about it. You sure can, and you can do it on a Sunday morning. you got to head to our website. It is AnnexWealth.com. I don't say this often enough. While you're there, Read about Annex Wealth Management. We lay it out completely. We, uh, we've got the fiduciary oath because we believe in that very, very strongly. You'll be able to click that Get Started button, get going on that free portfolio analysis. Because as Dave says, if your asset allocation is not quite lining up where, where it should be for 2021, because there are changes coming, you need to get that in place, and we can help as a fee-only fiduciary. Again, our website is AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. More to come. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. This is Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about the Immokalee Foundation. They prepare their students for careers that lead to financial independence through their focus on education and professional development. We all know 2020 has been a tough year, but for the young people in Immokalee, 2020 is just another one of many challenging years. If you did not know, the poverty rate in Immokalee is over 40%. Over half the kids between 5 and 17 live below the poverty level. Knowledge and education is power. Can you help change a child's life through the gift of education? You bet. Visit ImmokaleeFoundation.org slash donate. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the NX Wealth Management Show. December has arrived, and for all of us, it means we're even closer to saying goodbye to a very weird year. This also means it's time to do a little tax planning. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe in year-round tax planning. Joining me is Rick Koloff, Manager of Tax Planning, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back to the show, Rick. Thanks, Danny. You know, weird is an understatement. 
Your in-tax planning, as you mentioned, should be more transactional done year-round. You are the author of the 2020 Year-End Tax Planning Guide. That's available to download at AnnexWealth.com. Good job. Thank you. And it is definitely not an exhaustive piece, but we tried to include the most uniformly applicable tax savings ideas. It is really comprehensive, and we can't cover everything in the time that we've got here, but let's cover a couple of topics. And the first is the capital loss or gain harvesting. This is the season to do that, right? Yeah, so that's one strategy that's really done more traditionally at your end. It's really only then you can tally up your net gains or losses. So if you're in a net gain position, consider selling positions, say tactically, that might generate enough losses to cover your gains or even exceed them up to $3,000. That's the amount of capital losses you're allowed to offset other ordinary income. Be careful that you didn't buy substantially similar positions 30 days before or buy them 30 days after. The reason is the IRS can disallow those losses then under what's called the wash sale rule. So, and if you have that loss position, consider recognizing positions tactically, again, for gains that would allow you to maybe lock in some gains uh, without having any tax consequence. This type of strategy can also be a a good tool for tax efficiently rebalancing your portfolio. We've had such a volatile time in the markets this year. Just remember to buy low and sell high. I've heard that before. The guide also covers managing standard and itemized deductions. Is that complicated? Yeah, it is and it isn't. So many people can no longer itemize due to the size of the standard deduction and the fact there's less to itemize. State and local taxes are limited to $10,000 a year. There really are essentially no miscellaneous itemized deductions anymore. That said, you can choose to bunch several years of itemizable deductions like charitable contributions into any one given year. That way, you might at least itemize one year or every other year or every third year or so. In addition, what you'll get is the standard deduction in the years you don't itemize. So if you look at the benefit, you'll actually receive a greater amount of deductions over the sum of the years if you at least itemize in any of those years. Something that uh, many of our clients like to do is set up what's called a donor advised fund. It's a way of depositing several years of contributions into an account, yet having the ability to dole that money out over the future certain years. That way, your charity that's close to you can get paid out in every single year. You don't have to do it all at once, but at the same time, you get the deduction all up front in year one. Speaking of charitable giving, you've also got a section in there about QCDs. QCDs, the acronym for Qualified Charitable Distributions. So this is a very tax-savvy way for those 70 and a half and older to utilize distributions from, say, an IRA to directly uh, go to charity. So this direct strategy prevents reporting of the distribution as income. The fact of the matter is, though, you don't get a deduction for the charitable contribution, but as I discussed, many don't itemize anyway. The fact that you can exclude it from income, you can do this up to an amount of $100,000 per year. Another benefit to the strategy is keeping your income lower can also allow higher tax credits and tax deductions that you otherwise might have phased out at certain income levels. In addition, Social Security benefits might be taxed less and Medicare premiums could actually be reduced as both of those are also dependent on income levels. Rick Koloff is Series Manager of Tax Planning at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the big, nice, sweet, free 2020 year-end tax planning guide, which is on our website for a free download. Here's where it gets a little complicated, even though I've understood most of what you said. How about utilizing lifetime gift estate and generation skipping transfer tax exemption? That's a mouthful. It is. And so interestingly, the more wealth we accumulate, the more things can get complicated. You don't Um, say. (laughs) (laughs) The fact is, since 2017, many are no longer faced with an estate tax. But those who are, it's 
can be an important strategy. Right now, we can exempt up to $11.58 million before the estate tax kicks in. And for a couple, that's $23.16 million. That's a lot. However, you know, there's been wide press about potentially reducing that estate tax amount to something as low as $3.5 million. In fact, if the estate tax laws do not change, the fact is the laws are actually set to sunset after 2025 so that they could actually come down to $5 million index for inflation. And the fact that the IRS has announced that if the exemption is lowered and you use more now than what it is lowered to in the future, they will not try and come back and tax you on the difference. And that's really important. Many people thought there would be some type of clawback involved. So for those that could have an estate tax in the future, utilizing some of your lifetime exemption now could be a use it or lose it proposition. In addition, when we move our assets out of our estate, it also pushes the future appreciation that would be associated with those assets as they would grow out of your estate as well. So you'll never have to use any exemption amount towards that appreciation. I guess there are a lot of other strategies that don't even use any exemption amount that we might recommend in an estate tax planning engagement. However, we really would prefer to discuss those options individually with folks. Well, there's a lot more, so we recommend that everybody, client or not, download it. It's the 2020 Year-End Tax Planning Guide. It's at AnnexWealth.com. Great resource. Rick Koloff, Manager of Tax Planning, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And this is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5. Dave Spinal from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary? And are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com, hit the Get Started button, start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Danny. Hey, keeping up with the holiday spirit, last Tuesday was Giving Tuesday. It's a worldwide celebration. It's really a good thing. Unfortunately, it's right after we spent all of our money on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But it's a good thing. It's perfect for the holidays. Let's talk about year-end tax deductions. And you can still make those. It's a great thing to do. But you can get some tax benefits, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the first one Brian is going to talk about is donor advice funds. How do they work, Brian? I agree. It's good that people think about a giving holiday instead of a spending holiday all, you know, all the time. So so donor advised funds, you kind of create a personal charitable account with a donor advised fund administrator where you don't have to decide right away where it's going to go, but you build up assets into it and you can kind of see where you are in your tax world if you uh, are able to itemize or if you can build up assets in one, one count year to get over that itemized uh, or this, the deduction level. So 12200 for single people and 2400 for married couples are the base levels for itemized deductions. So it gives you an, a way to uh, put some funds away, especially if you can get, get more than that. And then you can decide how the money will be allocated. And while you decide, the funds in the donor-advised fund um, can earn interest, can grow. They are not stagnant. What I would suggest, if possible... If you have appreciated stock and you have a large capital gains consequence from it, instead of selling stock to then use the money for charity, you could think of a donor advised fund to move the stock into. So now you're not taking any capital gains consequences at all. 
and you have, you have assets in a donor, donor advised fund and you can itemize the amount you put in. Also, if you, depending on each year's income and situation, you might not benefit directly from putting in what you can in a donor advised fund this year. It may be advantageous just to do that standard deduction. But next year, for example, that may change. And you could think about putting all your charitable contributions next year, this year, next year in one, and get your figure significantly over that standard deduction. And they call that bunching, where every couple of years you you move the uh, charitable giving that you're going to do together into a certain year and get you a, a maybe a itemized value higher than that standard deduction, which would help you with your taxes. Talking to Brian Fiore, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. He's the branch director. Talking about charitable giving and tax deductions during the holiday season. Just talked about donor advised funds. How about QCDs, qualified charitable distributions? Well, so if you, uh, especially in an IRA account, and you have to do required minimum distributions, especially if you don't necessarily need to do them or want to do them, you're you don't aren't reliant on the income or don't need the income, but the IRS is making you do that when you're 72 or older now. If you're 70 and a half or older, you can send money directly from your IRA to a charity, and that will satisfy your RMD requirements. And is also money going to your charity, but is also not income for you. If you haven't done that before, it's definitely a good way to meet needs that you have to do with the IRS and also be able to give to charity. So we definitely advise that if you can take advantage of this instead of just giving money from a regular taxable account, joint account, individual account, trust account, if you have the uh, choice in an IRA to send money directly to a charity in a qualified charitable distribution manner, uh, we definitely recommend that's a good idea. Brian, any local charities you think could use a shot this year? Well, I uh, I think charitable giving is is often personal. So from life experiences and what have, what has occurred and what have you participated in, you know, what do you have charities to? So me personally, I've given to um, Golisano Children's Hospital here in Southwest Florida uh, over my son's growing up. He spent a few weeks or more in there for different reasons. He's doing fine. He's, he's Everything's great, but they definitely did a good job in there. With my wife's mom's passing, she's been a bit of time at the Hope Hospice in the local area. So they do a good job of managing all that. Uh, those are definitely things that might be giving to. And also a uh, Florida State graduate, and uh, their football team needs a lot of help. So <laughs> if you want to support your <laughs> support your college, you know, giving to something like that's a good idea as well. There you go. Quick reminder, folks, the our comprehensive 2020 year-end tax planning guide is on our website. It's a free download right next to the Get Started button. Good stuff. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. We're going to be back. We're going to wrap things up with Dave Spano and Derek Felsky. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about the Immokalee Foundation. They prepare their students for careers that lead to financial independence through their focus on education and professional development. We all know 2020 has been a tough year, but for the young people in Immokalee, 2020 is just another one of many challenging years. If you did not know, the poverty rate in Immokalee is over 40%. Over half the kids between 5 and 17 live below the poverty level. Knowledge and education is power. Can you help change a child's life through the gift of education? You bet. Visit ImmokaleeFoundation.org slash donate. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. 
It's one team. It's one plan. It's one fee from Annex Wealth Management, website AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is here and Dave Spano. Thanks, Danny. You know, we are seeing a number of people come out of the potential Biden administration. Some names that have been coming forward have been relatively moderate. You know, we saw Janet Yellen, and I don't know that everyone knows uh, that Janet Yellen's background is, but I think it's worth uh, discussing. Yeah, well, prior to... um taking this position. She was the chairman of the Federal Reserve. She had a great deal to do with the recovery post the great financial crisis. She was very on board with quantitative easing and the notion of fiscal stimulus to fill uh, recovery holes. Uh, She's more or less a Keynesian, a little bit different than some of the more common Republicans you see or more su- supply siders. And by that, I mean what she's going to do as Treasury Chair- Secretary is focus on the labor market and wage growth. That's one of the things that the Democrats obviously talk a lot about, income inequality. And that can actually have inflationary implications right. down the road. And that is something we all need to think about going forward, because we are currently trading at very high multiples on forward earnings. And if there is an uptick in inflation, that can cause earnings multiples to contract and company corporate margins to c- contract as well. Yeah. And we're not saying anything bearish. We're saying you pay attention to it because uh, she is a labor economist and she wants to see that number come down significantly, like all people do. But that is going to be part of their mandate. The second thing I think people should pay attention to is what's going to happen with the U.S. dollar. And there's a lot of conversation about where it's going to go from here. Yeah, the dollar has been very weak recently. It's one of the reasons I think we've seen this surge in Bitcoin. Uh, the gold market, which typically does well when the dollar is weak, has basically been consolidating very sharp advances from early in the year. In fact, most people wouldn't realize it, but gold is actually up more than the S&P 500 this year. And it's, it's basically corrected back down to the 200-day or long-term moving average. And so you talk about gold and the dollar, but the dollar is important, particularly for companies that are based here and sell abroad. Explain to our listeners what that means. Well, if you think of selling uh, computer parts overseas and you're selling them in foreign currency, if the dollar goes down, that means it's much less expensive for foreign buyers. So that's a good thing for the profits of multinationals and helps boost demand. Uh, The other thing about a weaker dollar is that it also supports international equities. Like one of the tactical positions that we've been holding at Annex for quite some time is exposure in emerging markets. And we're benefiting two ways. We're benefiting on improved corporate profitability in the EM, but we're also benefiting because the weaker dollar translates into stronger currencies overseas, which to you and as investor represents capital appreciation. So when you build or you're building out your portfolio, and if you're doing this by yourself, these are things that you need to consider. We obviously talk about this uh, with our team, and not only is Derek and I on the team, but we've added Todd Voigt, who is a PhD and a professor of economics, has been managing money and a portfolio manager for more than 30 years. And so we're having great conversations. And one of the risks that we've enumerated is is lockdown 2.0 and what is that what does that look like if that happens well lockdown 2.0 looks a little bit better than what lockdown 1.0 which was basically a complete and total shutdown we have learned how to better uh, address the virus people are practicing uh, better habits with regard to their hygiene and the rest uh, so it can lead to a, a dip we think in the winter months you know fauci actually came out today and said january will be terrible of course the stock market shrugged that off right. because again we're looking towards a brighter future. But in the short run, you know, the, the possibility of a hyperbolic increase in cases, an increase in deaths and so on is going to certainly unnerve people and may cause the economy to retrench somewhat as people become more defensive in their behaviors. And now as we start to see these vaccines start to get distributed uh, to around the United States, uh, the market is taking a look at that. And you think about the people who've already had the virus, 
plus those people who have been exposed, and then you add that top of those people who will be vaccinated, and we're starting to get to a number where we can start to reduce the, the concern of this virus, but it's certainly not going away, which means that some of these trades that we're starting to see in the lockdown are still available. And we're talking about some cloud computing companies, some real estate companies, but of course the reopening trade stocks like casinos, like restaurants, like some of the real estate and financials, that is all part of the things that we need to take advantage of and take a look at. And we do this, Danny, on a daily basis. And so if you're listening today and you go, yeah, I'd like to have a second look at this portfolio review and a second look of our portfolio by a second set of eyes and get and have someone else take a look at it. We do this and how we, how that looks, Danny, is people come to us and we will go through the process. And how many times, Dave, have, has some, maybe somebody's working with somebody right now and that's their second eyes, but they just don't hear about them or every Every time they do hear about them, they're getting pitched some sort of commission product right. or something like that. And that's not what we are for fee-only fiduciary. <laughs> not right? at all. In fact, uh, that's front and center. We are a fee-only fiduciary. In fact, if your advisor says they're a fiduciary, get it in writing. That's how important that is. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. We talk about one team that's investment and retirement planning. We do tax planning and estate planning. This is under one roof, and it's included. One plan. That's a complete plan that includes every aspect of our team. Most important thing, it's one fee. We are a fee only fiduciary, not talking about commissions at Annex Wealth Management. We want to help. We want to get you ready for 2021. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, thank you. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.